0: Welcome to the Ocrest Podcast Channel. Ocrest School in Vienna, Virginia challenges girls in grades 6 to 12 to develop character, faith, and leadership potential to thrive in college and throughout their lives. In this podcast, our teacher, Alyssa Torres, presents What is Beauty? Encountering God in Art. She shares how she has encountered beauty in her own life as an artist, both studying in Italy and at the Catholic University of America, and how people can intentionally incorporate beauty into their own lives. I'm super excited to share um, something that I'm so passionate about. Um, And I wanted to start off by prefacing what I'll be speaking about, just to give you kind of a big picture. So I'm going to begin with what beauty in itself is how I encountered beauty in my life, and how you can intentionally incorporate beauty into your lives. Um, But first, I just wanted to address that our Lord is present, exposed in the Eucharist in this moment, and how our Lord, present in the Eucharist, is truly the most beautiful thing that we will ever encounter and experience on earth. So I think it's really an honor to be speaking while our Lord is exposed. So to begin, what is beauty? John Paul II um, spoke about and wrote a lot about beauty throughout his life. He himself was an artist. He uh, has many plays and that he wrote throughout his life, both while he was a priest and before his time as a priest. And um, I've taken a great deal of inspiration from him. Um, he has a book that was recently published called God is Beauty, a retreat on the gospel and art. And that was actually a retreat that he gave during Holy Week for artists when he was a bishop. And it was recently translated into English. Um, And that book has totally transformed my view of beauty as an artist and my vocation as an artist. So John Paul II says, in God is Beauty, that God alone is absolute beauty. And I share this with the girls in art appreciation often, that we need to Distinguish the difference between beauty with a capital B and beauty with a lowercase b that in our world We can speak about something is beautiful um, And that may be true, but beauty in itself is God Beauty is a transcendental so some of you may know that the three transcendentals are truth beauty and goodness um, Which a transcendental pertains to every being everything made by God is inherently true good and beautiful It is how God reveals himself to man. So it's important as we begin to distinguish the difference between beauty and something that is beautiful and between beauty and art. Now, art is any form of expression or creativity that is created by man. So art isn't always necessarily beautiful or beauty. Um, God alone is beauty. Um, Okay, so to begin, how I encountered beauty in my own life, how I ended up here. Um, For me, as a child, I was always drawn drawn to creativity. I was a dancer, I loved chorus at school, and I also loved art class, the best out of everyone. Um, Meanwhile, I was raised Catholic, but I didn't take ownership over my faith until I was in college. So at that point, I had already decided that I wanted to study art, um, that art was something... I was so interested in that I wanted to create it for the rest of my life, but I also loved working with people, so I pursued art education. During my time in college, I fell in love with oil painting and have intentionally pursued classical training in oils since then. My freshman year of college, I was required to take art history, so as an art education major, um, had to learn general art history. And during that year, I was very intrigued by how art has impacted society as a whole and chose to declare a minor in art history. And this required me to increase the number of courses that I was taking in art history, but it was past the course registration date. So the only class left for my sophomore year with seats open was a class on the early Italian Renaissance, specifically from 1200 to 1400. And when I saw this, my initial thought was that it sounded like the most boring art history class I could possibly take. It was so specific and all, and I at the time I was very ignorant to the depth that there is within religious art. I just thought, okay, we're gonna look at a lot of old things that look the same. Um, But this ended up being totally a moment where the Holy Spirit intervened and brought me into this course at a secular university. I attended Temple University in Philadelphia. And um, it gave me a beautiful insight into um, the way that the faith and beauty intersect and art. So I learned that my love for the faith and for art Um, We're not mutually exclusive during this course, and um, that it's actually, in order to see art properly, it has to be integrated. So before I dive into my love for Italian art, which I could talk about all day, let's address what sacred art in itself is. So according to the Catechism, the fine arts, but above all, sacred art, of their nature, are directed towards expressing in some way the infinite beauty of God in works made by human hands. Their dedication to the increase of God's praise and of his glory is more complete the more exclusively they are devoted to turning men's mind devoutly toward God. So this is an incredibly important distinction that I especially make in art appreciation is that there's a difference between sacred art and art that shows maybe a religious subject or some other form of art. So a peek into my studies in college um, is that I spent a lot of time studying the evolution of sacred art, specifically in Italy. So to begin, um, it is important to understand that everything happening within the church has also influenced art for all time. St. Francis of Assisi um, was born before the Renaissance began. And many of us know his story. He was born into a wealthy family, and he ended up giving everything up for God. Meanwhile, many people were very drawn to his spirituality, which ended up shaping art history for the rest of time. His spirituality's emphasis on Christ's humanity invites artists to shift away from iconography, which was the only art um, being made for the church at the time, into a season where they depicted Christ as human. So within iconography, all of the light that's taking place within a work of art is coming from within because they're only sacred figures. So the entire background is gold and there isn't a light source on the person. That's why they look very flat. Um, And within icons, there's an intentional distortion of the face and the figure. Um, They have very large eyes, very small mouths, and there's no shading because again, the light comes from within. Uh, Our Lady and especially Our Lady holding the child Jesus. But now when St. Francis of Assisi's spirituality is being shared with the world, um, Christ's hum- humanity is being emphasized. So that means that he's depicted in earthly spaces with earthly elements. So he has shadows, highlights, movement within his body, motion, um, and looks more human. When St. Fr- Thomas Aquinas was brought into the picture when he was born and his um, spirituality was growing, he brought together philosophy and theology, which, again, transforms art being made. So um, before this, St. Francis of Assisi's spirituality is causing all of this artwork to be brought into the church. That's why we see so much beautiful art, especially in Italy, Um, that looks very human. Then when St. Thomas Thomas Aquinas shares his spirituality, there's another shift that takes place. It's less dramatic, but it's very much still present. It brought together Christ's humanity, but it also um, makes it very clear that he is divine. So often he's above the viewer because he is greater than us. Um, So spending this semester in an art history course at a secular university was actually incredibly transformative for me as an artist and as a student. And this led to my desire to study in Rome. So I spent um, the next academic year, I spent one of my semesters studying only art history and um, classical art forms in Rome. And here I began to experience art within a Catholic culture. So rather than being at a secular university in the United States, I'm brought to Rome in a country that deeply values beauty. Um, and I'm able to give my full attention to beauty within the church. And it changed the way both that I saw art, the way that I lived my life moving forward, but also the way that I viewed my vocation as an artist, that I no longer needed to separate my love for the faith and my love for art, which at times had felt at a secular university, but was able to fully bring them together, um, both as a viewer and as an artist. Um, My time in Rome was incredibly special. I remember departing and being like, I'm I'm going to live in Italy for the rest of my life. Like, this is my calling. Um, But I came back to the United States was, yeah, longing to return, but the Lord invited me to take a, what looked like a detour into being a focus missionary. Um, Focus stands for the fellowship of Catholic university students. um, And it's an organization where they send recent college graduates to other universities to spend their full time evangelizing, working with campus ministry, working with the chaplain, and bringing Christ onto mostly uh, secular campuses. And I I made this decision because I clearly felt led spiritually, but I also knew how much God had impacted my own life during my encounter with him in college, and I wanted to share that with others. So although from the outside, this looked like I was taking a step away from the art world, it actually allowed me to enter into a very contemplative season where I continued to pray through my relationship with God and allow my art practice to shift from something that I had to do for school to something that I actually felt called to do. So rather than receiving assignments from secular professors and comparing my work to those around me, I was able to allow prayer to shape my work. Um, I was creating by myself, serving at a university that really only had students who were pre-med and engineers, um, the only artists really in the community that I was involved in, and was able to just deeply pray through what I was being called to do as an artist rather than compare. Um, This is when I realized during my second year as a missionary especially, that I was called to be an artist and a missionary for Christ in the world meaning that I had to intentionally use my artwork to glorify God. And this was a great, um, this was a great epiphany that I had in, in my life um, where I began to realize that I would no longer be a focused missionary, but I would continue to be a missionary for God for the rest of my life. And he was specifically calling me to do that through art, which was very daunting, but exciting. That's Rome. Okay, when I was uh, deciding to leave Focus and finish my time as a missionary, I knew again that I was being called to to pursue my art from a Catholic perspective, but I also knew that I had to receive more classical training. This was essential because as an artist, and John Paul II writes about this, if we're going to create art for God, he truly only deserves the best of our abilities. And it's actually a disservice to not enhance those. So I could no longer be a mediocre artist who made art out of my basement in my two hours of free time a week, but had to dedicate more of my life to this and make large sacrifices in order to do this. So um, I ended up applying to an art school that I'd heard about years before and was very intrigued by, called the Sacred Art School, which is in Florence. And um, they teach artists through the very classical lens, very much formed by the Renaissance, which means rebirth, uh, which took place in Florence. It was the rebirth of classical art, um, but within a Catholic culture. And I knew if I was going to study sacred art, I'd ha- I just have to twist my arm and go back to Italy, you know? Um, but while I was, I, so I ended up applying. I ended up, God allowed me to go. He provided in many different ways and it was very miraculous, but I was able to return to Florence for a short time to study Renaissance oil painting at the sacred art school, which is where I learned, uh, the site size method and Michelangelo's more traditional approach to art, which is through, uh, the human person. Um, it took a great amount of humility to go back to the basics and pretty much relearn um, the techniques that I already knew because it needed to be in this new way of thinking rather than um, abstracting art because that's all, that, that's all that contemporary artists know how to do. I knew that I needed to go back and learn the basics in this, um, in this other place. After my time, and I learned a great deal, it was a beautiful experience, but um, after my time studying there, I knew that God, again, wanted to continue to invite me to use my gifts for the church, but how? The big question was how? I now feel that I have more skills, but I don't know how to use them. And there were many God moments and a lot of divine intervention that led me here to Northern Virginia. But um, the greatest, the two greatest were, um, I was connected to Oatcrest, which has allowed me to, again, bring my faith and love for beauty together. And I was miraculously connected with the founder of the art school that I was attending in Florence, who now lives in Falls Church and is a professor at Catholic University. So when I was leaving Florence, I was connected with him and am now able to study with him at Catholic University in the evenings. So these two opportunities coming into uh, my life within the same week of each other was very clear that God um, wanted to continue to invite me to be a missionary, uh, forming young women, which is what I was doing as a missionary, but doing that here at Oak Rest, and then studying more to grow as an artist. But what am I doing at Catholic University, and why do I need to keep studying? Why is more and more knowledge necessary um, so at CUA, I'm studying with Doni McManus, and I'm intentionally studying anatomy for artists in order to portray the human figure to the best of my ability. This includes work with mo- models, skeletons, and Michelangelo's traditional form of studying in order to honor the human figure. This, my studies there weave the theology of the body into my artwork because we are working with models, and as an artist, we must understand the dignity that is present within the human person if we are going to try and depict the human person. Now, many people um, have asked, why why do we need to understand the figure? Why do we need to use models? And uh, there are three main reasons why I think most people do believe in this within the church, and John Paul II does write on this. Um, One of them is that the human person is inherently beautiful. It deserves to be captured with dignity within visual... Oops, sorry... Within visual art, we as human beings deeply connect with artwork that includes the human figure. And great artwork including including the figure allows us to be pierced by beauty in a unique way, especially when it's more realistic rather than abstracted. Second reason is that God chose to become man. He took on our flesh. And by contemplating the anatomy of the human person, the artist is able to understand the incarnation in a new and profound way. If we as artists do not know how to depict the human figure for the, to the best of our ability, then we are wasting our time. Um, working with other artists and with models is truly an honor. It's a very moving experience that pierces the heart and challenges the artists technically and spiritually. So I do invite you all to pray for the conversion of artists in their hearts, because as we know, this is very necessary for all of us, but especially in the art world today. Um so beauty in itself um how can we now bring beauty into our own lives i'm sure some of you might think this is great that you're an artist that um that beauty is necessary to be an artist and to teach young women about about the um need for art especially within the church uh especially since art is essential to in our catholic church um within the time of the protestant reformation Art was a huge way of teaching people the faith and keeping people close to the Catholic Church was telling the truths of the faith through art. So art and the church go hand in hand. But many people do think that's great that you are able to pursue beauty. That is incredibly wonderful. But how does someone who is not called to be an artist do that? How does someone who um, wants to increase the amount of beauty in their lives incorporate beauty into their life Um, so there are many many ways to do this Um, but one quote from the catechism is this world they said in which we live needs beauty and order not to sink into despair beauty like truth brings joy to the human heart and is that precious fruit which resists the erosion of time which unites generations and enables them to be one in admiration So beauty in itself is culture. It is a fundamental part of our culture as Catholics, but also culture in the world. And without true beauty, we're unable to understand humanity. So I encourage you all to um, incorporate beauty more intentionally into your lives. Uh, This can be done in many ways. But one is... um, intentionally bringing beauty into your homes. So there are many great artists who depict um, whether that's Renaissance artists, Baroque artists, modern artists. There are many artists out there that have captured uh, the the truths of the faith and the truths of God's mercy through art. And passing by beauty each day allows us to turn our gaze and lift our hearts towards God. I also encourage you to go to an art gallery locally or when you travel. Um, the National Gallery has one of the greatest collections of art in the world, and we are so blessed that it is free every single day. Um, this has actually been a great part of my formation here in D.C. Has been um, There was a stretch of time where I was attending the National Gallery every week to study the great artists um, who've gone before me. Um, other ways that are more simple are to go into nature, to go to a classical music concert, read more literature, or go see a play, Um, and especially encourage your daughters to make art during their free time rather than being on screens. Many artists have encouraged me um, to step away from screens as much as I possibly can because it really, it like pulls our gaze away from what's true and beautiful that we see every day, and it can be a great distraction. Um, And I'm sure You all think about that in other ways as well. Um, And I encourage you, if this is a topic that interests you, is to go and take an art class. I know that that is not as simple as it sounds, but I do believe that getting your hands dirty and experimenting with art um, really allows us to have a greater love for beauty. I do this often with the girls in art appreciation, um, where I will teach them how to draw a figure, how to draw a portrait, and they'll be, oops, sorry. And they will, um, they'll begin to draw and they'll be like, oh my gosh, this is so difficult. But it really does invite them to appreciate the art in the world even more. Um, So I believe that is most of what I have to share with you all today, um, is I just encourage you to seek out beauty. If you're looking for clear ways to encounter beauty or um, learn more about beauty, I have a couple of book recommendations. Um, First, God is Beauty. That's the retreat that I spoke of. The first part of it is um, John Paul II's preaching from this retreat for artists. And he begins the retreat saying like, this is not a retreat only for artists. Like, yes, it might be easier to understand some of the points if you love beauty and feel really drawn to beauty but um, overall it's really about encountering this transcendental that we often forget about Um, how art saved the church is about um, the 1500s and the time where baroque art was becoming incredibly popular in churches after the counter-reformation the church wanted to, um, again, educate people on the teachings of the faith and really pierce people's hearts. That's why it's, there's a lot of high drama and um, intense use of color and light and dark. And then the third book is more about more if you yourself are an artist. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Oak Crest School. To subscribe to our podcast channel, visit oakcrest.org.